0: Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy, and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking, and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom, and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Thank you so much for doing this, Lisa. I'm very excited to be chatting to you.
1: No, it's brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant to to get a chance to chat to you. It's, the podcasts have been great, and uh, we were following the the lives you were doing with uh, with Cammy and Kevin as well, and yeah, <laughs> listening to all their ch- chats. So yes, yeah, it's, it's good to it's good to get a shot speaking to you.
0: Thank you. Well, I will say that I am very excited to be speaking to Rachel McLagan and Brogan Bold from Flings and Things. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I, saying, I was saying to Rachel just before we started recording like this should have happened way before now because you guys have been on my radio, radar for so long like even before I started doing a podcast um, and uh, everything I've seen is just amazing so I've got like a bajillion questions <laughs> <But, laughs> so sort of strapping but before we get into flings and things actually I'm quite interested in like your own because obviously your own personal dance journeys will be There'll be similarities, but there, but I'm sure there'll be differences as well. So we'll come to Rachel first.
1: Yeah. So I I started when I, I actually started ballet when I was about three and a half, um, maybe four. My mum would take me along to um, to and in, in Blairgowrie where I grew up. But she was always really keen that I did Highland because it was something that that she'd done. I think Blairgowrie is one of those wee places where everybody get put to Highland dancing, country dancing. So my mum and my, my auntie had both done it and she really wanted me to, to learn and just by, by chance she, she ended up, she's a PE teacher in Dundee and or was at the time and got um, in contact with another PE teacher who happened to be a dance teacher, a Highland dance teacher and that was the start of it. So I started Highland lessons when I was about five. And then eventually I had to choose between Highland and Ballet because they were on the same night and, you know, I I liked the kilt, so so Highland won out, <laughs> otherwise who knows what might have happened, kilt or tutu, and I went with the kilt, so uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was the start of it and as it turned out the, the class that I went to um, was a, a really sort of competitive class, uh, it was quite a small class um, and everybody there was into competitions, so I got into the competitive side of dancing really quickly um, and most thailand dancers will tell you if you're you know if you, you start to kind of do well at competitions it becomes quite addictive and pretty all-consuming so from i started competitions when i was about five and a half and that was that was pretty much every weekend until i uh, until i retired about <laughs> nine years ago so and and it's still every weekend now as a as a performer so competitive wise i i was really lucky i had a really a, a pretty good competitive career traveled a lot competed in australia twice canada twice in the us um and obviously all over all over scotland um and a couple of championships in england each year as well so it, it was a, a massive massive part of my life growing up um and then yeah i i had a few injuries in my last sort of my last 6 7 years of competing and i was couple of times thought I was going to have to stop because of injuries but managed to come back had another couple of good years at at the world championships Um, and then eventually my my body got the better of me and work had you know I had a um, I'd started my graduate career and that was beginning to take over so yeah eventually called it a day on the competitive side and then just as it, as it happened, I got a call from Stuart Cassell's just as that was happening. And then this side of things took off. So, so yeah, in a nutshell, that's that's sort of the, the journey that got us so to here. So you've not stopped literally since you were about five. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because actually Bro- that's Brogan and I's, um, our competitive side of dancing is pretty well connected because Brogan was at my dancing school as well. Slightly younger than me, but... <laughs> <laughs> get that in there before brogan did just just throw that out there now just
2: (laughs) (laughs) so what about you brogan so you know it's strange actually because rachel and i when we were younger started the same way so i was three and went to ballet tap jazz all that no highland on the scene whatsoever done that for a few years and then the same i think i was I think it was just a month before I turned six, I went to Highland. I'd done Highland for about a year, and I remember my grand saying to my mum that she just should not be at Highland. (laughs) I wasn't very good to start with. Anyway, my mum was like, no, she'll stick to it. And I still did everything else, ballet, tap, jazz. And I was a really good swimmer, actually. And then the same thing about when you're starting to compete and stuff, about seven, eight, you're getting a bit older. I had to pick what I was going to go with. Um, and the same as Rachel, I picked to stay with Highland. And I literally everything else went off the table. Never went to anything else after that. Yeah, competing side, out every weekend. And I think I took a wee bit of a break when I was, about, I think it was 14, and then went back. But I never, definitely didn't dance as long as Rachel competing-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my last competition was probably when I was about 18. And then, yeah, since then, we've been doing kind of performing and stuff. So um, that's kind of my little journey.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, because I did Highland dance as well, as well as the ballet tap, jazz and all that. But the competing side just wasn't something that the particular dance school that I went to got involved in. So then later in life. When I went into the dance world And realised there was all this This other side to dance This competitive side I was like, what? Like, had no idea (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, we had exams and an annual show And actually, subsequently Like, I've judged Not at Highland competitions or anything But, um general dance competitions and I find it like I find it great I really enjoy it but I find it so stressful like just because like I well the whole day I've just got a smile at everybody because I'm like it's you're putting yourself out there massively to compete like as a young person I think it's brilliant and as long as you're enjoying it then I'm like yes absolutely as long as the young people are enjoying it but um yeah it's just like a totally alien world to me so I think it's amazing that as young people you committed because it sounds like it is like on every level a massive commitment. Was that just something that you were just both kinda like, Yeah, I want to do that. That that seems like something I, I want to do?
1: I think so. And I, th- I think it's it's a funny one because I think I mean, I, I, was, I was quite lucky. I remember um, my first beginner. So we, the way we, our grades work in, in Highland Dancing, we have sort of primary level, which is usually sort of four, five, six years. Then you move into beginners, novice, intermediate, and then premier is the level where you would compete in championship events. Mm-hmm. You know, so and you kind of learn different dances as you go through the, the grades and then by premier, you, you know them all. And um, I did my first beginner's competition um, at last Highland Games and I was six years old and it was the 15 years and under. I think there were only like four of us in the group, oh but God. I got four firsts and won the trophy. And of course I was like, well, this is quite good. I quite like this. <laughs> I, get, I get to wear a kilt. <laughs> I got a trophy. I've got four gold medals. My granddad got me a present. My granny got me a present. My mom... <laughs> you know, so that was, that was it. And um, yeah, I think because, you know, my parents were both at like really competitive in sports, you know, football, hockey, squash, badminton. Um, mm. And my, my mom's a PE teacher. Like it was, you know, they have a competitive side to them. You know, the school was was very much about you know kind of competition. Um, and, and yeah, it's once, not a bad word, surf,
0: Like competitive, no, it really isn't. Like I think sometimes we're, you know, we've got that kind of idea of like, oh, it's just kids, and you're like, no, no, no it's it, you know you're working towards something and Mm -hmm. as long as you're prepared to not always win the big shiny trophy then it's absolutely being part of something and working Mm -hmm. towards something like this this common goal within your group but also like for your own personal achievement I think it's a great thing to have as a young person I guess your granny would be (laughs) after saying that you were uh, you shouldn't be doing Highlands I think I think you've proved yourself now Rogan for sure I
2: think so I think she just my mum my mom, like so my family came from Highland dancing as well They weren't actually very good actually right. <laughs> But I remember Mum had basically just took me to a competition I'm sure it was a Games mm. Somewhere in Fife And my gran and granddad were just like She's just not going to make it <laughs> And mum's like well, we'll keep her going And then something must have just happened <laughs> And it came together at some point <laughs> Amazing, I love that
0: You totally turned it around for yourself there, Brogan Nobody can say you're no committed now, Jesus.
2: Oh. No, I know. No. You are like flying the flag for traditional dance, it has to be said. I think also swimming and dancing just doesn't work together. It's all mm-hmm. different muscles. Mm. And that's probably before that. I was doing both. Yeah. And then that's when my teacher at the time told mom she's gonna to have to stop swimming. <laughs> she can't because oh. I used to go to swimming and then go to class straight after it on a Thursday night. Right. And it was like
1: the worst night of the week for me at classes. <laughs> swimming and running I just don't think we're built for it no
0: (laughs) well I'm doing that couch to 5k and I'm only on week two and I can tell you I'm definitely not a runner either
1: oh no I keep trying and I don't know I you know I talk to myself and try and convince myself in my head that like but you'll enjoy it you know and you'll get better I've never yet gotten better and I've never yet enjoyed it
0: (laughs) good I'm glad glad you said that Rachel that makes me feel so much better yeah (laughs) So earlier on you were saying you got a call from a certain person and was that call to action flings and things and put together this amazing dance trip that we now <laughs> know of around
1: the globe? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I probably do credit him with, with kind of kicking that off if I'm honest. Um, it sort of goes a wee bit, probably a bit before that because way back in, I say way back, nine years ago, back in 2011. I went to New York Tartan Week with a group of dancers and we were representing the, the, it's now the Royal Scottish Official Board of Highland Dancing, we've just got the Royal, um, so mm-hmm. but it was the SOBHD at the time and mm-hmm. we were out there representing them and performing, there were 11 of us performing at various different events at Tartan Week and we got, um, we, we were put on an event with a band called Whiskey Kiss, yes. um, who are... You know, at that time, you know, when we saw them, we, I hadn't seen them before and they were just so different to any of the sort of other kind of Keely and, you know, Keely bands that we'd seen, um, you know, real kind of contemporary edge to what they were doing. Really great, great fun, lovely people. And we, we got on really well with Ian, ended up doing a couple of events with them, and that started our relationship with Whiskey Kiss. But at that time, it was just a couple of us that were in that group of dancers. When we came home, Ian had gone in touch and said, would you be interested in trying to put some, you know, something together? So um, Leanne and I and Brogan and Shelley, who's also part of Flings and Things, we had um, you know we'd, we'd been working with Whiskey Kiss for a few years, and other girls at different times had kind of come in and out to do different gigs with us. We'd you know we'd done Kayleigh Tennety in the park a couple of times, and I think 2013, I think was the sort of first time that we were um, we ended up we, we did some overseas gigs with them, but it was. I I think Stuart will maybe tell you something different, but I think it was somebody had seen me with whiskey kiss or Stuart had seen me with whiskey kiss and just dropped me a note to say, um, end of, it was the end of 2012. You know, we're looking to potentially bring some dancers back to a couple of things that the chili pipers are doing next year. And, you know, I've, Seen what you've been doing, and would be, you know, interested in maybe having a chat, um, and uh, and seeing if we could, you know, we could get you involved, and 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 that was that. So there was there was sort of another project that we we'd started working on at the same time. We said, you know, really keen to try and try and get some Highland dancers back into the the gig and add that sort of visual element back. In. um it had been, you know, a year or so, or a wee while since they'd had any dancers. So so yeah, so we we, we gave it a go, and it was quite. It was quite daunting at first because the the sort of original group of of Chile dancers who'd performed with them, you know, for a year or 18 months or so um, were from the McEckney School of Dance. And I know Nadine, we both know Nadine really, really well, Um, you know, and it's quite, that's a pretty tough act to follow. Um, I've taught some Nadine's
0: pupils as well and they're always amazing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I know, incredible, and and I the the event that we were you know the group that we were in New York with Nadine had choreographed for that the show that started that group so you know I'd I worked prefer. with her and been blown away and
2: you know, like that
1: right well and I actually remember saying um the first the first gig that he would asked us to do something for Stuart had said it's uh he'd, he'd given me details it was a night gig it was a, a an evening gig in a hotel it was a corporate event so it would just be you know a couple of numbers and about two weeks before it or two or three weeks before it kevin called and he said well it's you know it's kevin from the chili pipe it was just to give you the details of the gig and he kind of gives me the timings and the running order and i said you you want us to be there at 11 o'clock in the morning it's i thought it's the gig not at 10 o'clock at night he was like no the gig is at dreghorn barracks it's it's a full, it's an outdoor full day two full chili sets i was that's quite a different proposition. So suddenly it went from just a couple of wee dances for a, t- a taster at a corporate night to we need like six dances okay, okay. and it's a full afternoon. So the, the very first chili dances that we ever did actually came together pretty quickly because, because we didn't really have a choice. So yeah, we did the, we did the gig of Corn Barracks they seemed quite like it and said, would we come along and then do their, um, they were doing a concert at the Ironworks in Inverness that May. Um, so Brogan um, joined us for the, for the Ironworks and that was sort of the start of it. And from there it, it just, we'd kind of obviously passed the test. Um, yeah. And uh, and the next thing we found ourselves on the way to, to America to dance at Milwaukee Irish Fest with them. Um, and that was, that was the beginning of the, um, yeah, the relationship with the Chili's and, I think after, we, you know, we then did the winter tour with them in 2013. At that point, Kev said, oh, there's, you know, we've got quite a big year planned for 2014 and, you know, we'd love to have you involved. And yeah. that was when I started to think there's, there's maybe something in this. So, yeah, so yeah we, we, at the start of 2014, we got the group together. Um, there were seven of us at the time that were kind of the core group of dancers that had been dancing with the Chiles and decided to, to make it something real. And, and here we are. So. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: And Brogan, like you, when you came into the group, what was your idea of what it was going to be? This so obviously coming from a Highlands background, and you know, you know all the dances, and then things and things. I think the and things part of it is that it's it's not strictly Highland
2: as you would expect it to be. I don't think either of us would have known what was going to happen. <laughs> um, but I think actually from the schools that like Rachel and I were at, choreography was always probably something that we always were a part of so it was just taking it but obviously Rachel putting her spin on it making it a bit more modern like Highland can be quite set in its ways and you stick to the book whereas Rachel kind of changed it so that we were more of a you were a performance rather than a set piece Um, I don't even I don't think back then you would have ever thought what would have happened at that point
0: well I just come in from my background of working for a Scottish dance company It was my remit to make Scottish dance cool in schools because it was a lot of like oh I'm Odie and Kayleigh. I'm no holding her hands, giving each other their sleeves and all that and it was my job to go in and be like see if we just take this dance it happens to be Scottish and we take this other style of dance that's called like Bollywood and put them together it's just moves and it was basically all about not just fusion dance, but introducing people to Kaylee and Step and Orkney and all these different styles of dance that are amazing. They're amazing. And, you know, the response was, was brilliant. And it, choreographically, it gave me a chance, like yourself, Rachel, to, to branch out a bit and use all these influences you've had throughout your life in terms of dance. But there was a bit of backlash at the time from the work that I was doing from certain people, a very minimal Amount of people. Um, I've told this story before in the podcast, but I basically like somebody wrote a letter because there was like a photo shoot of me in a kilt, but with like a crop top. And I mean, it wouldn't happen these days. There's no crop tops <laughs> in my attire now. And uh, yeah, it was like a kind of slash t shirt. And because I had my midriff out and I was wearing a kilt and I was doing Highland dance, it was like, oh, you can't be doing that. And you're like, well, look at Highland dance now. Dance evolves, it has to. And it has all those traditional dances, they have evolved through time. Have you had mostly, I would imagine, positive feedback, but has there been anybody that's been a bit unsure about what you're about?
1: I would say yeah, mostly it has been incredibly positive, um, you know, and we have been really lucky in that sense, but it certainly hasn't been everybody's cup of tea. It's, as you say, like, everything does evolve and it's funny because, uh, you know, there are things I look back on now and whether it's costumes or or what have you, and I might go, might might do that, might have done that differently. Part, I mean, part of it is just because, you know, in your 30s, I'm a bit like, <laughs> well, there's not a chance I'm wearing that now. But, you know, it's it's a really it's it is a very fine line it's a fine balance I think with with Highland and trying to sort of you know you always want to be respectful of the tradition but you want to move forward in the choreography space you know away from competition you know we're not there are lots of choreography competitions in Highland Mm -hmm. but you're still bound by you know fairly strict parameters there whereas we have the chance to just to really explore and you know like you're saying collaborate with different groups you know take influences from different dance forms and really really push the boundaries with it Um, you know but with it as with everything you know you, you still have to be mindful that you are ultimately representing Highland dancing yeah. you know and being role models for young Highland dancers and you know there, there have been you know there have been comments there have been you know the odd thing written about us on Facebook and things but you just sort of you kind of just have to it's come to the territory I suppose you take you know if you're going to be be like anybody in performing arts of any kind if you're going to go and put yourself out there then you have to be open to the fact that it's not going to be to everybody's taste and the world that we live in now people are much more open about sharing their their thoughts and their feedback and their criticisms but you know we always just try and take kind of positives out of it and not you know not kind of be be beaten down by it Um, and you know all we've ever really wanted to do is one have fun as dancers um but it's just Show all the different sides there are to Highland yeah. Um well, you, know, see, you, and, you
0: you started this for your your absolute love and passion yeah. and dedication and commitment to Highland dance to the traditional dance itself. So yeah. it's not going to get absolutely lost. You're not going to be able to see mm-hmm. the Highland in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, no, I, I I totally hear you. And I guess you know I had a com- similar conversations with the boys from the telly papers about people's attitude towards what they're doing for scottish music scene and bagpipe music and stuff and yeah there are there are always going to be those people i mean you, you'll see it on twitter just now with the whole thing about the strictly lineup and there's always going to be somebody and you're like dance is just a form of expression and if you're going to like silence people in their expression of who they are and who they're evolving as a troupe or as a dancer individual dancer then there's something far wrong you know there really yeah. is
1: i know i know and it's it, um it's something that I think you know, probably with with a bit of age as well, <laughs> learned to learned kind of to, to deal with things you know differently. And I mean, I don't know. It's a funny one because you look at things like if you look at a stage competition, for example,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you see the kind of costumes and the outfits and things that dancers are wearing, and you know, in stage and modern competitions, there's not an awful lot to them, but it's part of the performance. You know, and it's the same with Strictly there's it's part of the performance. Um, it's not maybe if you think back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's it's very, very different now. But you know, it's in keeping with the performance that, you know, that they're putting out there. And and that's sort of what, you know, what we did. You know, we we're going, if well, if we're going on stage with the Chili Pipers, the full kilt outfit doesn't really quite fit with what <laughs> with what that show is all about. Equally there are some where I go, right, well actually okay, those shorts maybe they were maybe a bit much but you know like you, you kind of you tr- it's it's try you try and you know it will never move if we're always too scared to take a chance um but i'm i would say we are never we're never afraid to kind of learn and take on board if people go i wasn't really keen on that you go right well okay why great, you know that's it. great if no we never yep.
0: tried it we would have never known so
1: absolutely you know you you live and learn um and And i mean you know know, they're
0: being highly controversial i have to say
1: and that's the thing we always (laughs) think you know in the grand scheme of things it's pretty tame but (laughs) but it's we come from such you know it's highland is such it's such a traditional art you know it's when you think of the outfit and the way the dances are um you know constructed it's all so rooted in you know history and tradition that you know you if you go too far from it too quickly, then you know we're not we have always to ease quite ready. People but... in
2: gently into the pool, you're like, "Come, yeah. just stick a toe in. It's fine. It'll be great." If you think about it, because Highland is so traditional, there was probably people in the past that tried to do things that we did, and maybe just never happened. Whereas I feel like we just took the risk and went for it. And mm-hmm. now the younger ones definitely look up to us and want to do that because I know when I was younger and I used to look at stage competitions and think why am I in a kilt and I could be wearing makeup to go to dance <laughs> yeah. but it's just a different thing
0: yeah and I mean like the thing is if you're going to be on stage performing for like a whole set with the red chili pipers, then that outfit you know with the jacket and the shirt and the
2: from it's a, a lot
0: ah, do you know I mean from a purely point of view like is this sustainable are we all going to just yeah. Fall over and keel over Then I it makes sense just to be wearing less clothes Because that island outfit weighs an absolute <laughs> ton If I remember yeah, it. It's a sweat <laughs> <laughs> Rogan, what is like a an average week? I mean, obviously just now it's a very different time But what's like an average week in the life
2: of a flings and things dancer? You need to be prepared to travel <laughs> Okay, where um, are we going? Where are we going? Well, it really depends Sometimes if we've got something big coming up Or Like, sometimes we just like to catch up and have a chinwag. That's really how it works. Obviously, we're all over the country. Well, most of us. We're all at some different points. So maybe sometimes even a couple of times a week we get together, depending on what we've got coming up. And we just kind of rehearse or we make new dances up and stuff like that. But, yeah, so it just depends. Like, we could rehearse from either Blairgowrie to Glasgow or... We've done bits even close to me and done Um But yeah, it's usually full on. And we I feel like we're all so used to that because we've all danced our whole life and you dance Saturdays, Sundays. You're just used to that busy lifestyle. And people at my work and things just don't understand it. They don't understand that I go from work and then go straight to Glasgow and I get home at 11 at night and then yeah, you sometimes yeah. do the same thing the next day. But I think when you're used to it, like, it's just life. Yeah, um, of that's just what you do and you love it. Yeah, and like usually nine times at ten, the first hour of rehearsal, we have a catch-up.
1: <laughs> oh, we're <laughs> yes. absolutely, we're hopeless.
2: Like it's I have so to bad. be the bad guy, but I'm like, right, come on, we need to do some
0: work. And then uh, Billy, I just want to play the. you know. <laughs>
2: uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's good though. And we're all actually pretty close. There's quite a few of us. How many in so... the
1: troupe
0: currently? Or does, is, is that changeable? Does it depend
1: yeah, it kind of. I think there's there's sort of seven of seven or eight of us that are that are kind of the. It's difficult because I'd say the core troop, but it's probably on the basis that um, because obviously the work with the Chili Pipers, was has that was sort of the main driver for us forming and was mm. the kind of that was a big part of what we do. There's sort of seven or eight of us that would do the, the Chili's big gigs, but t- we then there's a kind much wider group of girls that come in to do the different corporate things and you know and other events it really depends you know it's, mm-hmm. it's a funny one because the you know the Chili's only ever really want two dancers there'll be the odd gig you know maybe once a year that needs four or six but mm-hmm. for the most part it's only ever in pairs but then quite a lot of the other events that we do are you know six seven eight dancers you know real corporate highland gigs we, we tend to have a, a pool of and they're probably a bit younger than us because they still fit into <laughs> their kilts that we'd go and do they their. can still move they can they're, they can still jump with the full kilt outfit on. So these <laughs> young
0: folk, these young folk. I actually
1: can't even get the kilt on. <laughs> the jacket we, does not close. We're trying to kid on. We're athletes here. Don't tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because but, of um, lockdown, girls. It's only because of. Lockdown. I know. It's only because of lockdown. <laughs> but no, we. Um, I think one. You know, one of the things we were really keen to do when we started this was it was trying to put there's not there weren't that many sort of i suppose agencies if you like that were providing dancers for things like corporate events you know and that was something we'd seen through working with whiskey kiss um and then we started working with douglas gillespie who's um the agent for the chilies and he's he's looked after the us loveliest he, and fiona. Man, oh, he and fiona are just <laughs> phenomenal they've been so good to us over the last sort of seven eight years one um, of the best
0: gigs of my life was oh douglas likewise
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, We, we actually he, got
0: fed. That's always like, the
1: sign of a good gig.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually could move Glen Eagles. And we got fed after the gig. We were like yep. buzzing. It was Christmas time. It was amazing.
1: Oh, jackpot. That's, yeah, that's that's when you know you're on a winner. Like, this uh, is um, not our usual gig. I'm this is not your average. Cupboard. Could you just get changed in the toilet and just come out by Could you
0: job? just dance on this postage stamp? That would be great. I guess I should maybe say, because there might be a quite a difference in sound quality. Because actually, this is part two of this podcast. (laughs) So the lovely Rachel and Brogan are so accommodating that when my computer totally shut down and I was plunged into darkness in my wee broom cupboard that I'm in, I don't know, I think we broke the internet last night, but by some sort of miracle, it saved. So we're now working with another system and we
1: think it's working and we're all here. (laughs) We're all here. So, yeah, our chat was too much for your laptop, clearly. (laughs) Too hot to handle. Absolutely. So, we were just
0: about to get onto the good stuff, and that was gigging. Because we've been talking about competing, you know, as as Highland dancers in your own right, in your own realm before you you got together and formed Flings and Things. So, performing on stage with a live audience and that, you know, that buzz that you get. I'm sure there are many highlights from your time with Flings and Things so far, but. I'm interested to hear what those gigs are, those particular ones that stick out for you for all the right reasons.
1: There's so many. It's funny because I was thinking about this um, the other day and just, it's it's funny when you think back to where we where we started, you know, when we, we kind of first did it. Actually, one of the first one of the first gigs or the kind of early gigs that we did with the Chili Pipers was Moneyfield back in 2013 for the autumn tests. And, and before that, I think, you know, Milwaukee Irish Fest in 2013, that was our third or fourth Chili's gig. And it was like, I, I mean, I think Brogan's probably the same as me. I still, when I think about the opening number from that gig, it still gives me goosebumps because we had no idea what to expect. And it's, it's a funny one because, you, you know, you go to... You know these festivals, and there's so many different bands performing, so many huge bands, and there's massive audiences. But that was, you know, people in in Milwaukee, the Chili's had been there loads. You know, they'd been there for you know a few years before that, and they, they the crowd were there to see them, and it was enormous. Like that minute when we turned around, I was like, that oh, concentrate because <laughs> you just you just <laughs> your breath, and you actually kind of forget w- where you are for a minute. It was just incredible. You know so that Milwaukee Irish Fest definitely sticks out as a you know as a um as a real standout for us and then we you know we came back in that November we did Moneyfield for the autumn test and then the next February we did Moneyfield again with the, the Chili Pipers for um the Six Nations. You know so we, we kind of got off to a pretty, <laughs> a pretty good start. Um we mentioned Douglas Gillespie and Fiona earlier. We've had some amazing corporate um gigs with them. We, one of the first ones was for Glen Eagles, it was at Glen Eagles Hotel for a, a corporate client and it was 100 Highland Dancers to do a mini version of a tattoo, you know, a military tattoo. Um, that was pretty special to be able to that many dancers together. And then, you know, Muse at the Hydro. Like who, a Highland Dancer, in your wildest dreams, do you ever think they're going to be on the stage at the Hydro, but with actual Muse, not like a Muse tribute, actual Muse. <laughs> but so that one's up there is a really I can't almost can't believe it really happened <laughs> yeah
2: I, think I when you, if you think about that gig I was just thinking about that there that happened so quick I think I can't remember if Rachel texted or phoned me but it was like about four o'clock in the day or something and I was still at work and I'm in Edinburgh and I think the time, like I don't know about half seven or something at night and we'd done some sort of rehearsal came up from the ground while people were in there drinking before it even started and then next thing is actually happening there was just there was no time scale and that 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 was definitely one that stuck out for me as well.
1: It was so unexpected and it's actually it's quite that was quite a funny one because I was actually off sick from my work and genuinely was off not well <laughs> I'd been off for two days with like this horrible flu bug. And um, Alien, and the, the dance group, she worked for DF concerts at the time. And, the, you know, the, the band had decided they, they had a piper with them. It's something they'd done before in Glasgow. They had a, a sort of personal family connection with this them with the piper. Um, so they brought him back in and somebody somewhere through the day had gone, we should get some dancers. So, you know, somebody at Ailey's work had said, well, I happen to know one. Next thing, he would go, I get the phone call. I'm going, I'm going to have to send a really awkward message to my boss to <laughs> I promise I'll be back at work tomorrow, but you're likely going to see this on social media because there's no way we're going to keep this one quiet. And uh, and yeah, like Brogan said, just within a couple of hours, we were at the Hydro. We had no idea what they wanted us to dance to. It was a sort of drum, um, sort of drum and bass section that they did in the middle of the show. And it came right after Feeling Good, you know, and he's playing Feeling Good on this, Grand piano on this raised platform, and it was they brought him down into the floor, pushed the piano off, and then rolled us on and brought us up. And that I will never forget that moment, yes. sliding out of the floor at the hydro. I'm like, I feel like Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this absolute wall of noise because you know, the way the hydro shape, shaped that kind of big bowl shape, that sort of amphitheater that it just. You can't even describe what it felt like, you know. And we had had about twenty minutes with the track back to try and throw a dance together with two other dancers that we hadn't worked with before, <laughs> and uh, and just yeah, like just make it up and go with it. And it was it was incredible, like just out of this world. So yeah, definitely, that's definitely up there it's a pretty special one. The Solheim Cup gig last year was a really special one, and I think that in particular was special because. We were approached and asked to do, you know, and commissioned to put together this special sort of thirty-minute performance. Um, and quite often, what happens is, we, you know, we've been really lucky in that we've had great opportunities to dance with amazing bands. But it's it's often as a sort of a kind of bonus performance. You know, we're a company, we are we accompany the bands as a, a part of their show, a kind of extra yeah. visual highlight to add to what they're already doing. But that was somebody, you know, to have someone like Visit Scotland. Um, you know, an event Scotland present that sort of opportunity and um, I'm sorry, creative Scotland it was, but to present that opportunity to us, to create something in our own right as flings and things. And then, you know, say to us, who would you like to accompany you as musicians? You know, that, that was a real kind of moment for me and for the girls as well. Just going, actually people are now recognizing flings and things in our own right. Um, yeah.
0: Of course. Yeah. And it's lovely to accompany, you know, accompany all these wonderful musicians and, you know, but yeah, that that's that's really special because then you have total creative control over what you want that to be, like how you're going to represent yourselves yeah. and all the work and all the effort that goes into it. Like you were saying last night, Brogan, about, you know, the travelling and everybody's mm-hmm. just, you know, right, we're, we're meeting here or I'm at my work and the night I'm dancing with Muse, apparently, you are fitting in this around your life as well and there's like yeah. a real commitment. I mean, anybody that's in the dance world I think we we just all know, it's like a bit of a given, like you will just go the extra mile to make things work because you love it.
2: Yeah, totally. Because what you're saying, I think of it, is sometimes it is you're shattered. Sometimes you're getting like three, four hours sleep if you've done a gig in the middle of nowhere up north and then you go to work the next day. But I always just think of it that at some point my hips and legs will not do it. (laughs) So there's going to be a point where you can't, actually do it so when you can you're just going to keep doing it until that day happens and I think with the the bigger gigs because there's so many dancers like years ago you would never have thought the things that we've done with this amount of people would have happened so it's sometimes when it's just maybe a couple of you or four of you there's more limelight I suppose on you but when there's so many people it's such a bigger crowd Either or is amazing, but especially when there's so many of you, and like you're saying, you're coming across from all over the country, and everybody wants to join in, and they want to do it, and they apply for these big gigs like Solham or Murrayfield, and it's just it just makes it more special. Absolutely, yeah, you're you're totally representing Highland dance, which we said at the way at the
0: beginning is just so important to keep that alive, and when you're on performing and people are absolutely taking in everything all the work all the effort all the the beauty that is scottish dance like it's one of those things like we are totally doing this this is amazing this is our thing like we're not just this we anonymous group like we are flings and things and i think it's. i honestly think it's brilliant what you've done for scottish dance and like we were saying with the young people that you've worked with before and, and ran workshops and things you will absolutely be inspiring them because for whatever reason you've got into Highland Dance, you're like the rock
1: stars of Highland
0: Dance. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the Britney
1: Spears of Highland Dance. I mean, just at that moment, we maybe felt like it. But <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't know if Brittany puts her routines together in the corridor outside the toilets at the hydro, but...
0: <laughs> I know. I'm sure she has. I'm sure she has at some point. You have to get ready in a field i mean I right. let's talk about this right because the cupcakes we're the
1: same like so many situations are like mind that time mm-hmm. where we got changed in a field yeah but it's it's more it's, it's like Rowan said it's the weird kind of places that you end up gigging that are literally in the middle of nowhere i mean we've had some some car journeys where i think i nearly took the time off my car one time we got lost trying to get to a just a, a distillery um and we wound up on an old military road. And of course that, you know, that was a few years ago and, you know, phone our sat-nav skills weren't quite as good as they are. <laughs> you, you know, you just think we're never going to get to this gig and we've no idea where we are. We're never going to get home again. And you just, you know, but it's, yeah, you kind of, um, you just, you get used to just rocking up to random, you know, random places to dance on the back of a truck in the middle of a field and, you know, to get, like Brogan says, get changed in fields, get changed in toilets. It's, i think one of the strangest ones i had was um and actually this one i think this was a solo gig i I think i was there by myself and it was a castle in the middle of nowhere um and they'd been doing some sort of experience where people got to come over and live out their sort of scottish fantasy and you know all the like they'd (laughs) they'd had a horse dressed as a unicorn (laughs) (laughs) like like, thank god there wasn't on that gig like really weird and you know we're in this uh, like castle this tiny tiny little castle in the middle of absolutely nowhere you know and arrive there and you think I've not I'm not sure what I've got myself into um you know what is that horse doing (laughs) Does (laughs) it like just but you know you just get on with it and you put on a good show and you meet lots of nice interesting people and it always kind of I think it always amazes me that Maybe people are they're kind of more used to dealing with sort of bands I think now and understanding band requirements, but don't always understand or appreciate what dancers need. So you know you arrive to a gig with 120 dancers and they present a room the size of my living room and say, "Will this will this be fine to change in?" You're like, "No, <laughs> actually." <laughs> But we just go, yeah, okay, that, yeah, no bother. Is that is this definitely all you've got? All right, there, yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll change in shifts, you know. And you just, I think it's because of the years you spend competing at Highland Games, where you know, the facilities are not great because it's just traditional games. You just get to the field, you put your deck chair up, you dance on the back of the tractor, and you go on with it. So you just, it doesn't really matter what you get presented with. You just roll with it and, and it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's, they don't always, uh, don't always realise what goes into, you know, dances. It's, it's kind of the same with some of the bands, I think, you know, you get there and they say, oh, we've just made a change to the set and we've just changed the the way this track's going to be played. Is that all right? You're like, well, Sure, <laughs> that was actually that was the classic one at Murrayfield. We got, uh, you know, the the lines boys did that oh, we've just added like a uh, sort of eight extra bars into the into the trip. Will that will that be okay? <laughs> we'll just stand and clap at that bit. I was just literally you took the words out of my mouth. Yes, we will clap and we will skip. Our
0: dancers were like so accommodating, and it doesn't matter how many emails you've sent prior to. Like these are the requirements. This is what we need. You'll still turn up to a gig and they'll go. Like I was saying, here's a postage stamp. Could you dance on
1: that? Yeah, I know. While there's like lots of obstacles and furniture and cables. (laughs) I know. And it's when people sort of look at you and they go, will that stage be all right? And in your mind, you're thinking that uh, that doesn't pass a single risk assessment. I may die. (laughs) Walk on, never mind dance on. But yeah, that will make that work. That's absolutely fine. (laughs) I think probably the best one we had in terms of kind of dodgy staging and and changing would have been we did a weekend just before we went to Milwaukee in 2014. We did it was the craziest weekend of gigs ever with um, with the Chili Pipers, and it was there were two groups out. One did a gig in Brittany, then back to Shrewsbury, and then back home to Glasgow. I was in the the squad that did um, Switzerland, and we were in this. Um, it was the most gorgeous location looking right up into the Swiss Alps. Then we flew over. We actually we flew to I think we flew to Seville and then drove about three hours into the mountains. And it was this sort of medieval festival in the mountains. Some I couldn't even tell you where it was in Spain. It was one of those weekends where you just went, right, point me in the direction I'm going and I'll go. Middle of nowhere, tiny, tiny little villages and then this sort of mountainous landscape and this very random medieval festival where everybody's fully kitted out in like warrior gear. And um the stage was the stage was I'm gonna say perched, it's the only word for it, right at the edge of this cliff and there was a wall that probably was about waist height on me behind the stage and the backdrop there was an electric fence <laughs> as the backdrop to the stage so that if, if you got a bit close to the back, well you you get flung forward by the electric shock rather than off the cliff I, i'm not really sure which one was preferable but um like there was obviously no changing facility at all not even not even like a gazebo i think there was a, a little brawley that they could the, the band could put gear under of course it was all so was all open so you, you know you can't even there's nothing even to hide behind because the crowd can see you everywhere but there was this portalu and the portalu didn't even it was didn't even have the wall behind it it was one of those if someone had leaned too hard on one side it was going but that was that was the only place we could change and of course the band are going off well don't worry about the changes just wear the same outfit all the way through but we're like no no we're, we're gonna do this right nowadays i'd be going i'm just dancing in my jeans but <laughs> but no we were right like, no we're here that's it we've got the outfits we've bought we've had the costume designed we're doing this properly we all wear this costume we had to take it, take it in turns, and we did quick changes. I mean, you know what it's like. So we've got one of us in the portaloos, and the other one holding the portaloo <laughs> because just in case you lost your balance and leant against the side that was going to tip you over the cliff, was pitch black. I mean. How we managed to get changed, I've no idea. But of course, she then got on the stage and every single one of the panels was uneven because it's on this cliff face. It was just, I mean, it was an absolute riot. But, you know, it was good fun. Crowd seemed to like it. Nobody got electrocuted and nobody fell off the cliff. So, you know, winner. But seven costume changes done.
0: (laughs) And like prior to Flings and Things, Brogan, had you had any performance experience or was this world of just like, we rock up and it might be plain sailing and sometimes it might be getting changed in a portaloo on the side of a cliff?
2: I mean, coming from games background, it probably you probably just expected it. I suppose probably before Flings and Things, it was probably only just Whiskey Kiss that I had done anything with, so like that was just like sometimes corporate stuff I can't remember when we first went over to Dubai but it was just more that sort of kind of entertaining so there was there wasn't anything that you were surprised at and coming from getting changed in a tent in the middle of nowhere usually raining anything's a bonus <laughs> literally I was just thinking about the time so I think it was a couple of years ago and I was doing a whiskey kiss gig and we went down south to Derby, and I was with robin another girl that dances with us i drove all the way down it was like a saturday everything was fine done the gig and then they were like oh you're staying just like half an hour up back up the road it's just off the motorway anyway it gets to this what i would class as the shining hotel right right so this is like one two in the morning i've been on the go all day i've done my gig which was fine by way, it was a lovely wedding gets to this place at one in the morning and I just honestly took one look and I was like, there is no way I'm staying here. (laughs) And obviously you are tired, but you're thinking, like, I think sometimes once you've done a gig, because you are quite awake, but you're maybe a bit sore, it's actually easier just to get back in the car and just blitz it back home. So I could see Robin looking at me thinking, oh, are we staying here? Are we not? And I'm straight away like, this is not happening under no circumstances. And she obviously couldn't drive my car, so I was like, it's fine. And then the wee guy's, like, looking at me when I'm giving him back the key after, like, 10 minutes, and he's watching me, which was another weird thing about it, gets back in the car. I think I got home at, like, half six in the morning. But these are the things that happen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter how much prep and how much you say in advance
0: what you need yeah, I think it's just that misunderstanding of like what you were saying, like people who work with musicians and then people who work with dancers, and it, it, we just have diff- we have similar requirements, but there's very specific things like changing and all that, and, and quick changes and, and the the floor, the space to be safe, and and, and you know we're laughing, but it, it is important. Like it, it's one of those things like that adds a lot of stress to going and performing out with your normal setting, and um, so it must be really nice when you just arrive at a gig and you're like, I know this is going to go well because you know the organisers you've worked with them before or you're working with the chilies and you know everything's just going to be top-notch because when you do do those random gigs... Where everything's just a bit uncertain. I I totally know
1: that anxious feeling. Robin, do you remember Germany with whiskey? Kiss? I was literally just about to say it. Literally about to say it. That was like a catalogue of everything. Everything that you don't want to happen on a gig, and we've had. So we've been 2011. We started dancing with whiskey kiss. So it's they. You know, it's been a long, long time. And I think we kind of get the two extremes. So you know, we've done like Brogan mentioned, Dubai. We've done Dubai and Abu Dhabi with Whiskey Kiss and it's gorgeous apartments we get put up in. The gig is at the Atlantis. It's beautiful. You know, we did high with them and we stayed in the Fairmont. It's, you know, it's absolute top class, brilliant, amazing corporate gigs. And then there are the other ones. (laughs) And this, (laughs) this one was, it was at an army barracks in, again, the middle of nowhere. We flew into, I think we either flew into Dusseldorf or Frankfurt and then had a drive of about three and a half hours into the wilderness. And when, you know, Brogan talks about hotels out the Shining, that's what that was like. It was, I would have said it was like an abandoned barracks. We were staying there, but it was one, they'd sort of said because of the the audience, there'd been a lot of chat beforehand about costumes and what we should wear. And, pictures had gone back and forth eventually they'd said oh no your regular costumes are absolutely fine and we said well, okay are you absolutely sure because you know we can bring variety no 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 that's fine and with whiskey kiss it's you know we've got the uh, Menzies tartan pink mini kilts and it's just a black leotard sleeveless nothing wildly <laughs> exciting over the top and we're all ready to go and of course we've had a really long day of traveling so we're waiting to go on and someone one of the officials <laughs> comes in and takes one look at us and went what are you putting on of course, we're going, um, we're ready. <laughs> said, no, you can't You can't have bare shoulders. So we're scrambling around going, right, what have we got that's black, you know, that we can put over? So I think, I you know, Brogan had a long sleeve black top. I ended up in like a jacket or something. I have no idea. We find something to cover our shoulders with. Get upstairs and it's fine. And it starts off really promising. So they've had this massive burn supper. But they, what they did was they cleared all the tables out and the bar was in another room. So they completely cleared the room where the dance floor was to be. And it was just this massive big open room, but the bar was elsewhere. So we did the first Kaylee dance and the place was jam-packed. Everybody was on the floor. Biggest Virginia you've ever seen. Great. We're like thinking this is going to be a really good gig. Everybody's right up for this great atmosphere. Ian called the first Highland dance. (laughs) It was like that rats from a ship gone. Everybody cleared the room. something had gone off nobody left in this room except the band and the two of us Brogan and I are looking at each other and we're sort of looking at Ian and he's like on you go, go for it, thumbs up so we start to dance not a soul came back in we all stayed in the bar so we did the whole dance finished, dramatic pose (laughs) just Ian clapping in the back (laughs) actually at that point I was like Will I even really point my toes? Is there a point? Well, because he then called another Kaylee dance, didn't he? And they all came flying back in for the Kaylee, did a great strip of the willow, and then we'll put the Highland dancers back on. (laughs) So the second dance, I think about halfway through, Ian was like, guys, just stop. This is embarrassing. (laughs) There's nobody here. Because it was an enormous room and just nobody fast, so all we, we just you know, we helped out with the Kelly the rest of the night, and they had a great time with the Cayley, So you just go, Oh, well, do you know what? It's fine, we're here, we're in Germany. But, you went to the bother, like covering your shoulders, too. For who? Exactly. Was there. Danced in a leather jacket, it was roasting. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but and, uh, then, of course, they then take us to, Well, we'll show you your accommodation. Broken space right now. It was terrifying, <laughs> it was <laughs> terrifying because it was just these like what looked like mile long empty corridors. You know, and the communal bathroom was a f- few floors down. Of course, we we're. Just, I mean, there were maybe a handful of other people staying in this enormous barracks, but really just us. And it was, I mean, there was no sheets or anything on the bed.
2: <laughs> Honestly, it was like Alcatraz. You had to make your own bed up. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on at this point. You're like, Rachel, have you actually like signed us up for the army? I actually remember. I like, think Rachel and I both slept, like, fully closed to the point like there was no bit of skin out (laughs) like maybe my face and that was it (laughs)
1: You know, and it's not like I mean, we joke. We're not actually divas, you know, because you've oh. all done. You know, we've all stayed in dodgy hotels. You go away for competitions, and girls trip away, and we've done hosteling in Europe and stuff on trips. But it's just it was the fear factor there because you're surrounded by these forests and just this deserted. As like Brogan said, it was like being in an old deserted prison, and you just thought nobody's slept or been in here, and like. Fifteen years. This this is not right. That trip made for some good some good whiskey kiss stories.
2: I had a suitcase, like probably thinking that I was going away for a week. So you can imagine when I seen this, I was just thinking I could have brought I could have brought a backpack and it was totally fine. I
1: know you're, you're,
2: emptying, you're emptying your suitcase to try and sleep in it, <laughs> literally to the point where you're thinking I'm not sure what what I've signed up for because that's the thing. Nine times out of ten. You're literally, you get there, you do a gig and you sometimes barely sleep and you're on that first flight home in the morning. So, yeah, it's un- sometimes it's very unusual. You guys have obviously done a lot of
0: international gigs. I haven't. So that's like a whole other realm, you know, because there's all the planning and all that beforehand. And like, it feels like, yeah, we're away from home. We're away from our usual uh, surroundings, yeah. So it's like a lot to consider when you are going to perform. You essentially want to do the best job possible. You you have built up you know, a very good name for yourselves. Like you're representing your your own company, but also like you'll be feeling that like you're representing Scotland a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? So it's like going to these things. You just want the best scenario so that you can just not have to think about anything else, like where you're sleeping tonight or like where you're getting changed, and actually go on stage and give people the absolute best because. You are professionals, and you are athletes. Like you've been doing this your whole life, working towards this, and all the sacrifices, all the dedication. Like jokes aside, like when you were talking about pointing your toes, like whether I point my toes or anything. Like you, you, you are beautiful dancers. Like, like every bit of footage I've seen of you, you are amazing, and a lot of work goes into that. A lot of work behind the scenes.
2: I mean, sometimes you're thinking, "Well, I'm going to take memories away," and then five minutes later, you will laugh about it.
0: I think just as. Any performers doesn't matter what you do.
1: You are just used to adapting to the situation. Yeah, that's I was going to say. It's, it's it's just come to the territory, doesn't it? It doesn't. I don't think it matters what you know what area of the performing arts you're in. You get on with it, and everybody, whether you're a dancer or a musician, or you know, we've all we've all been there. We've all done the the weird gigs in the back room of a pub, and you know, then the massive gigs on you know huge stages. And it's just, I think you always kind of go well. You know, for us it's it's different because we we all have other jobs as well um you know so we we know how lucky we are to get to do this on you know on top of our kind of day jobs and there's probably a bit less pressure on us in that sense than you know some of the musicians cuz most of the musicians we work with that's their their full time gig we you know we are in a really lucky position that we are getting to do this for fun and these bands are giving us amazing opportunities by bringing us along with them um more often than not, it's, you know, the arrangements for things like your travel and your accommodation, it's all done through the band. So, you know, we are really lucky that you just, you pack your case, you walk up to the airport when you're told to by Ian or Kevin or, you know, whoever we're traveling with, you just go, right, I'm here. Here's my passport. Where do we go? You know, so They they do all the hard work to organize, which, which is funny because, I mean, Brogan, you know, manager in the bank, I'm a project manager by trade. So <laughs> our organizational natures get a wee bit like, stressed at times because we're going, do we have details yet, boys? But <laughs> and, you know, the other side of it is that actually it's quite nice that, you know, that side of things is taken care of by, by other people because we, you know, we do so much of that in our day jobs that it's it's nice to be able to just arrive and, and dance. And, yeah. you know, yeah, you're right. There's so much work goes into it beforehand, but it's the same for the musicians as well. And, you know, we all, we just, you go, well, you know what, we, we could be, on you know, stuck at our desks, you know, or we can be here. Yeah in front of this crowd, so it's uh yeah, it's we would we would never turn it down just on account of a, a dodgy change intent.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like you said earlier on, Brogan, like, as a dancer and as as we all get older, it's inevitable, you are aware that there'll be a day where you can't perform to that level, and obviously Highland Dance is so demanding, the stuff that you, you guys do is in, insane, it takes so much amount of energy and precision you know and the detail that goes into it so you're like well I'm just gonna revel in it while I can because there will be a day where for whatever reason you you can't do it you can't travel anymore or you don't have the stamina like you were saying like because injuries and stuff and I'm sure injuries have come up for you both in your dance career like certainly I've I had sciatica at one point and uh, yeah it's terrifying actually the thought of not being able to do what you love to do so it's like well let's just lap it all up while we can yeah totally
2: because you never know when. Something might go. <laughs> what was your most recent injury, Brogan? Oh, yeah. So Rachel and I were doing the the Chili's Christmas show at Alhambra last year. We are doing the matinee. Everything was going well. I don't actually think it was... We hadn't done many dances on the first show. I've got this really bad habit of falling. So I fell just thinking, like, I fall as per usual. But this time something happened and I was thinking, hmm. So I tried to get back up and jump on the foot. And it just didn't happen. Anyway, so it comes off. <laughs> Rachel's like, I think that's broken. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's fine. And I took some pills and I literally tied my shoe so tight that I probably couldn't feel it anyway. Finished the show. And then my mum and dad, because it was at the Alhambra and obviously I live in Dunfermline. So my family was all coming at night. So it was really swollen. <laughs> and I was like, it'll be fine. I'll get through this and then I'll just ice it when I get home and things. Yeah, the next day, it turns out, it was broken.
1: No way. You danced on a broken foot? She did 12 dances on a broken foot. We're not talking easy dances. Like, the Shelley's show is an absolute shift. And she, yeah, by the end, I'm looking good, Brogan, it's bulging out of your shoe. Are you sure you want to do this? Do you know, I actually,
2: it was when we were actually packing up to go home, and it was when I couldn't get my foot in my trainer. And I thought, hmm, that's just not okay. So I got home and mom and dad, they're like, just like, you're being dramatic. It'll be fine. You'll get up in the morning. It'll be fine. Anyway, I get up in the morning. I actually had to go to work. It was Hogman I I couldn't put anything on my foot. So I actually went to work with nothing on my foot. No sock, nothing. I was in work for an hour. And I'm like, I'm going to have to go A and E. And I swear down, I told everyone, I was like, I don't think it's broken, but there's something wrong. And I remember, I phoned my mum from A&E and I was like, mum, it's broken. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> I'm in a moon boot. You're going to have to come and pick me up. can't drive
0: back home. Brogan, you're a machine. You are an actual machine. I know. They're like, no, oh, it's no broken. You're like, no, I mean, like, I can't actually imagine how much
2: pain you were in. The thing was, I remember it being sore, but I never remember thinking, I can't cope with this. So that's where I probably just thought. Because there's actually a photo of me and Rachel standing after that second show at night. And I'm looking thinking, how did I not know? <laughs> so I think I just presumed, I was like, oh, it's just really badly. Like, I pulled something. But And probably because I pulled it so tight and just popped some pills, it was I was good to go. <laughs> my mom, I remember my mum thinking, she actually said to me the next day, she was like, I noticed... At the beginning of the show, that you were hoping funny on it. She's like, but by the end, it was fine. <laughs> Adrenaline had kicked in. You were
0: like, I'm <laughs> performing. The show must go on. The show must go on. It was so fat as well. <laughs> that is mental. Well, that just shows you like total, like, consummate professional.
2: I will finish the show. And in fact, I'll go to my work tomorrow as well. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I know. Because I couldn't get the day off. So I didn't want to phone in sick because they'd be thinking, there's nothing wrong with her. <laughs> Aye, especially like, you know, I mean, like she was just dancing last night for the New York and it's hug money, aye, we're on air, we're on air. I know, come the 4th of January, and I'm in a moon boot thinking, oh, because that's actually that point where you think, will I ever dance again? Well, that's the thing. Do you know what I mean like it's serious? Like, touch wood. I've not
0: broken any bones, but like that—that—that's a consideration. Like, to have an injury that's going to even put you out the game for a for a bit. Like, that must have you just must have been like, oh, gutted. Like, I'm going to actually have
1: to sit set sit set at peace. I know it is, it's, it's always just there's all. I don't know because I, I mean I've had a few injuries. That's and that's why I was saying to Brogan, I think you maybe need that X-ray because broken my foot twice. I've had surgery on my hip. Like, you kind of the slightest wobble these days, and I'm like, oh no. Ah. because you just you know that the recovery time once you get older is that much harder it takes that much longer to recover you never know when the end might be near oh don't talk about that that's ages away ages away girls you're
0: just spring chickens i know still kid on i'm 25 Can I just take you back for a second? Like we were talking about rehearsals and stuff and I'm so glad that you said that you used also like a gab because that makes me feel better that, yeah, that that's my go-to first before any dancing happens. But um, the rehearsal process and and choreographically, so, you know, very much like Highland is the focus, but you have the freedom to then spice it up a bit and change it up a bit. And I guess working like with formations and formation changes and roll-offs and, you know, all these kind of choreographic techniques, Is that just something that you have kind of developed over time? Does everybody in the squad kind of get involved in that or is that very much down just to to one or two people? It
1: probably varies, to be honest, depending on what we're doing. Um, Things like, so what we do with the chilies, for example, that all has to work around their show because obviously they don't have dancers on every show and everything we do has to complement what, the band are doing, what the, you know, what the Pipers are doing. So whenever, you know, we've sort of choreographed for the chilies, it's always about, you know, trying to see what their sort of stage setup is going to look like first, and then, and working around it. You know as well that you're not always going to have a stage the size of the concert hall or the milwaukee irish fest stage that you you will get some where there's loads of room and others where you are literally ducking under their drones to get around them and you know you've got to change things on the hoof because you can't you can't do the kind of moving traveling shapes that you normally would so it's quite a unique sort of setup with you know with the telly's choreography because it's varies in that some of the you know some of the sets that we dance are you know purely sort of traditional tunes that they've obviously kind of put the rock element into and others are pop songs you know the, you're bringing loads of different elements into that as well and um, so it, it, there's loads of variety in what we do with with the chili pipers the bigger pieces again it, it varies just so much of it depends on the you know the music the biggest one obviously would have been Murrayfield there in in march in terms of the, you know the size of the formations and the, the tricky thing there is that you know, we we didn't even know until sort of the week before, a few days before, what the final arrangements would be, and because you've got the bands coming on, the flags had to go out, and all that. So you're you're working with loads of different elements there, and um, it's quite it's quite challenging because you you know you're at the mercy of what else is happening around you with gigs like that. But in terms of how we go about doing it, I kind of start most of it, um, because I I choreograph mostly in my head um to begin with i tend to you know once we know whatever we're doing whether it's Chili's or you know canada's quintet or whoever we're working with i i need to know the music inside out and i you know i I will just listen and listen and listen when i'm running when i'm driving all the time i mean my spotify is is a riot (laughs) (laughs) i hope nobody follows me um but i just listen over and over and over until i kind of know inside out and it, it it, kind of, it sounds ridiculous it tells me sort of what to do because I, I never did I never really studied choreographic techniques it's not something that we you know we do choreography in Highland but it was all for competition so you know we never Brogan and I did it in our old dancing school but never really studied real you know ha- choreographic techniques and um, you know we've just sort of learned from watching you know other dance forms um, I, but it's all kind of I kind of start with this is what I feel like the music's telling me to do. And then I'll usually come into the girls with the sort of base ideas and then say, right, this bit, I'm thinking this, what do you, what do you think? And then we, we play around with it to make it work. You know, and I think one of the hardest ones actually was probably when we did Shut Up and Dance for the Basil Tattoo uh, last summer, which I would say now is probably one of the things I'm most proud of. Absolutely loved it, loved performing it. But I, I found that from a choreography point of view, I was surprised at how difficult I found that because I think when we first got the music, it was just a rough cut. that the, the album hadn't been recorded yet, so we didn't have the final mix of the track. And I I like to kind of listen. I like to hear all the layers of the music, you know, So there's, and sometimes we'll pull out the pipe, you know, the melody the pipes are playing. Other times we'll go with the drums or the brass or, um, you know, you play with different parts of the music. So it was yes. tricky to begin with because we only really had the kind of bass the pipes and the vocals and, and bits of the percussion elements you know we didn't have the, the full mix so I kind of in my head I think and I, I used to listen to it on the tube on the way to work all of, like every day just listened over and over and I sort of got the formations in my head of what I thought it would look like and I knew what I wanted the feel of the dance to be but the minute I tried to put the footwork to it nothing happened you know and everything that I thought might work didn't so actually coming into the first rehearsal with the ghettos. You know, I had some right here in my kind of core ideas of what I want, but we we changed it a lot, didn't we, Brogan? We we yeah. you know, we tweaked quite a lot of that as we saw it um, come together. Eventually, you know, eventually, I'm delighted with how it turned out, but. I think I'm probably a pressure choreographer as well. I think we all do. We all work really well when we're we're down to the wire with it. So actually, the shorter the lead, I don't know if it's just because that's what you're used to. You know, you're used to having to you know getting things thrown in at the last minute. But we, uh, yeah, we we work quite well under pressure. I think so. Um, yeah, it it's there's not really a set um, kind of process for us but it usually starts in my brain with what I kind of feel and then I put it out to the team and then they tell me which bits are good and which bits are absolutely shocking <laughs> I, need to
2: thought. <laughs> I think also sometimes when you think of something in your head and then you go to dance it and you think how did I think that would work <laughs> uh, or like like with the shop and dance it was all to the lyrics now if you were to dance if I was to dance it without even the music I'd be just singing the song in my head
1: yeah. And that's quite a difficult thing, I think, for like for Highland dancing, uh, because it's so, you know, in its traditional form, it's so precise and so rigid. You know, our, our, our technique book is so prescriptive that in competitive Highland, there isn't any room for, you know, for creativity at all. Obviously, people have their own performance style and that some dancers will be really strong and, you know, it'll be all about kind of elevation and power. Others are a little bit more kind of flowing and lyrical some you know the really good dancers have a great mixture of both but it's you know the steps are set for championship competition every year by the technical committee so you you will if you're competing in championships you will dance the exact same dances uh, exact same steps for the entire year you grow up with this really rigid structured you know sort of disciplined form of dance which is great from the point of view of developing skills and you know training and that you know that self-discipline and that's really helpful when you're working with big groups of dancers because it it always blows my mind that you can give them here's a step have this learned by next week and they just arrive and dance it you know and that that's incredible and it's 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 such a unique skill that they have it takes a while I think when you then try you 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 start moving into the choreography performance world to sort of break out of that you know really rigid mode of performing and uh, it's it I think, you know, Brogan and I have obviously, we grew up dancing together and, um, you know, are used to each other's styles of dance and we could perform side by side and the music, you know, if somebody, the music changed, we would just look at each other and kind of go, right, a quick nod and you know what to do because we've done it together so often and it's like that with a lot of the girls in the squad. But, you know, you see maybe people that come in to dance with us for the first time and it can take them a little bit to get used to that sort of style, particularly with things like Shut Up and Dance and, and Basil and, and just allowing themselves to be that bit more free because we want to just have our hands on our waist and our shoulders above our hips and our head to the front and just dance. You know, you'd say on this count, my hand has to be there, so my hand's there. You know, we're trying to go well, actually. It's not just about placing it from here to this position and this position to this position. Actually, think about the way you transition and use your whole body, use the whole count, and feel the music. You know, <laughs> it, takes a, it takes a while to get used to that for a Highland dancer because it's it's so alien. Um, you know, when you compare it to what we do in competitions. So, so it's such a skill that it really is like, and that is a, it's a like you were
0: saying, it's a learned thing. You just have to do it a lot to get better at it choreographing again that's another skill and it isn't for everybody not everybody has a desire to choreograph but it's nice that it sounds like within your troop like whether you're playing to everyone's strengths and you're all coming to the plate with this amazing skill set as dancers but like you're you've got the idea in your head and you've got the baseline there but it sounds like you're open to the other girls having their say and you know everybody putting their their
2: effort and their opinion in Yeah, Yeah. I think when because we've been doing choreography for years now, if you try and go back and do rigid steps, I actually don't know what it is anymore. Like, like I I try and do it, and my legs just don't do it. (laughs) Like there's there's a few moves that we'll do that is really similar to maybe a step in a dance, and you're standing and you're thinking, I did this for years, and how do I not know what it is? But it's because we're so now used to not being that so traditional way that it's so much more kind of loosened and relaxed compared to it being exactly where your foot should be if i was to put you on the spot Rogan, and say what
0: is your like favorite traditional dance and what is your favorite flings and things dance could you pick two and like why are they your favorites
2: i would probably say my favorite traditional dance would be the fling most teachers now actually i didn't know this they teach the young ones the sword first because they're learning Paddy Baz. Whereas my teacher I had when I was younger taught me the fling first. I I hated the sword anyway. (laughs) So I think that for me, it'll always be my favourite dance. And then probably my favourite dance now is probably be Shut Up and Dance. Basil just made that so special. It was just a different gig because... It was a different atmosphere, whereas, like, we'll do loads of gigs where it's maybe just the two of us, or there's hundreds of us. But that was quite a small group, and I think with the chillies and just the outside venue, and it wasn't here. It was it was, it was so different.
1: What about you, Rachel? Yeah, I'm. A, I was. I was one of the ones that learned the sword dance first. <laughs> I didn't learn. I actually, my the first, the first little while I was competing, um, my dance teacher didn't have us do the Highland fling. But um, I always liked the. Um, the Chantreuse the as my traditional dance. I think just because it was that bit more kind of, well, I felt it was more elegant and graceful and, you know, not as, the, the, it was, the, you know, the sort of continuous hopping of the fling. You know, I love watching a great Highland fling and I don't dislike doing it, but, you know, the Chantreuse was one where I actually felt like I could dance if that makes sense. You know, there's more travel to it. It's, you know, it's got longer, the the extensions give you much nicer lines and then it's still got the sort of, the faster music with a really strong finish to it. You know, I like the story behind the Shuntru's, you know, what it represents. Yeah, like kicking off the... Kicking off the trousers, you know, back back in the rebellion days when we weren't allowed to, you know, wear the kilt. pipes couldn't be played and then you know the celebration at the end I think that just kind of appealed to me when I was younger I liked the fact that there was a sort of story to to get your head into you know so that it helped you understand how the movements should be performed and in terms of my favorite flings and things one it's it's really difficult because there's a few you know as Brogan said insomnia with the Chilies was that I still I love to perform it and I think it was the first it was the first choreography that I would have said I, I was really kind of proud of that as a choreographed piece. We'd created a few dances before that for the chillies, Um, But it was sort of, you know, We Will Rock You and, um, you know, the, the jig, which I absolutely, I still love. The, I still love the Rory McLeod jig. Um, I, I, that's still a favourite as well. But, you know, they kind of felt like it was jigs and reels. You know, whereas Insomnia, when I listened, I remember when Kevin sent the album and it was the Breathe album was just coming out. And he said, you know, here's, these are the tracks we'll probably play. Have a listen. And I instantly listened to that and went, that's a show opener. That is, that's the one. And it it came together really quickly for me in my head. And that was one of the ones I actually went into the room with the girls. And, and I remember, you know, remember the session with Brogan and we were in the SCTA studios in Glasgow. And I just went, I, I have this dance done. This is the whole dance is there. I know what this is going to be. And we've, we've made little tweaks, you know, as we've gone along, you know, we've, we've changed bits at the start and things and we've played with it. But ultimately that dance is still... It just, it gives you goosebumps. yeah, it does. I mean, the mute, but the, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Chili's perform that live. Like the start of it is so atmospheric. The lighting is incredible. The, the you know, the way that the, the, you know, they've got that, the Faithless sample at the start, just to kind of set the scene. It really does give you goosebumps. And we start on the floor. And every time I lie there, I just think I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah, I feel I do have a I have a real special place for insomnia. Um, but I, I'm probably shut up and dance. I'm about the same as Brogan as well. That I think because as it was my first time in a kind of director role, at an international tattoo. You know, we, we've done loads of international events before. We've done loads of great gigs here and overseas. But that I've always sort of held, you know, like the Basel tattoo, the Edinburgh tattoo, in such high regard. You know, and and Basil, everybody had always said what a special, what a special event that was and how much fun it is to be part of. And, you know, it's something that you always thought, I would love to do that, but you know, you would never really let yourself believe that you could be given the opportunity to take on that role and to take dancers and be part of it. So, you know, to perform in it was one thing, but to actually be given the opportunity to create a piece as part of that show. It's really daunting and that I think is possibly why I kind of struggled a bit with the choreography because instead of just you know listening and letting myself dance I was conscious that there's a high expectation here I'm out there with two other dance directors who have produced incredible work before that I've really looked up to and now I've got to put something out there with only 14 dancers on the arena that matches up to what they've done and what we're going to do together as a team that's huge pressure yeah, the way that it came together, the way the girls performed it all—you know, the, having the band there with us and you know the crowd reaction to it was, was yeah, it was way beyond what I expected, and I think it just it it still it gives me goosebumps now. So it, yeah, I think I, I think it probably maybe tough to give shit up and dance the edge.
0: And I, I guess it wouldn't be right for me not to mention that we're we're still in the middle of a pandemic have you guys been able to like still keep in contact have you done anything online what's I mean obviously you, like you were saying you all have other jobs and careers that have had to continue I, I guess through all this but have you been able to do anything like even just staying in touch with each other during all of this
1: we've actually done quite a lot haven't we yeah <laughs> Yeah, we did um, quite quite early on. So Brogan and I were due to go to New York this April with um, Drums and Roses for Tartan Week. Um, we, you know, we've done Tartan Week a few times, and it's always been amazing. Um, we were really looking forward to going out with the with the band, but that obviously didn't happen. So I think that the first thing that we kind of got involved with was the the New York Tartan um, New York Tartan Week committee put on. They decided that we're going to do a virtual parade. I'd gotten speaking to Kyle, um, Kyle Dawson, the president of New York Tartan Week Committee, and said, thinking maybe there's something we could do with the dancers in here. You know, would you mind if we just go and explore this idea? So, spoke to some other dance groups from all over the world, um, groups in Canada, the States, New Zealand, um, Australia, South Africa, and we pulled together the um, the virtual New York Tartan Day parades for the dancers, and uh, each choreographed a step from you know each group produced a step we put them out there for the dancers to learn and 750 dancers sent videos of themselves to be included in this parade it was one of those things where someone said to me at the start they're like you know i mean how are you going to edit these things together because you could get like a thousand videos i mean don't be daft okay like maybe a hundred
0: but that just showed you and that's what i was saying earlier on about what flings and things means to people and
1: what it represents that's incredible It was, it was amazing. And we had, um, I think what the tartan day parade was on the Monday. So we said, well, send your videos in by the, you know, the Thursday or something. And on the Wednesday, they were still there about 150. And I'm saying, you know, that's quite a lot of people. And then (laughs) the next, in the last day, (laughs) another like 600 came in. I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And three days, editing like it's like a claw hand. By the end of it, I'm just sitting trying to edit these videos together on my wee MacBook we Air. I was still editing like an hour before the thing was meant to stream, so we ended up with a thirty-five minute, <laughs> a thirty-five minute parade. Yeah, we, uh, and we'd picked a piece of music by Skippinish, and uh, ended up had to bring another another track in, and they just played on a loop. So yeah, it was great, and that was that was right at the beginning. because That would have been beginning of April, so it was really early on in lockdown. A few weeks after that, we did a tutorial for Everybody Dance Now because that's one of our sort of recognisable Chile's choreographies, and it's, I mean, Brogan calls it a fancy fling. It's the kind of one of the easier ones we would have said. So between us all, we split the steps up and we each recorded ourselves dancing on through at different paces and, you know, we put together an as live tutorial with a voiceover um, for people to watch. And that, we actually, we, we broke the internet a bit with that one as well, didn't we?
2: Well, when it went live, it was about maybe three or four minutes and then I it, it literally just went wild because I think so many people were trying to get on and so I'm like keyboard warrior in the comments being like hold on guys it's fine it's getting sorted and like Rachel's in the background trying to do all these things we're on whatsapp I'm on messenger you're on actually on facebook and everyone's trying to communicate and I'm thinking I just need to keep trying get everyone to stay on this but it was so good actually and like between us all, we all just filmed it. Like I filmed it here in my living room. Didn't matter where you were.
0: That was that was like a gift to all those people that you know were in their homes and like wanting to dance.
1: You know, you absolutely did that for other people. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was great. And that's you know, we. It was as you say. It was good for us as well because we you know we miss having it in our lives. You know, we we were a bit kind of lost. Going, well, what do you do? And in a way, you know, everybody's everybody's jobs were going. You know, we were facing different sort of stressful situations that with work not knowing what was happening as well and you you sort of miss that because the dancing is a bit of a release isn't it like you, that time where you go in the studio whether you're prepping for something huge or you're just there for a bit of a catch-up it is a wee bit of sort of stress relief as well um you know and you were missing that but you know the response we saw from the dancers ever we lost our entire competitive year you know all competitions all championships all over the world were gone workshops events you know people were really lost. And when we saw the response to the the Tartan Day Parade, you know, and other people were, you know, were trying to do different things online as well and thought, you know, let's let's try and keep this going for the, for the dancers. And we, you know, we asked everybody, I think a few days later to post videos of themselves performing. And it was incredible, wasn't it? I think there's about, you know, five or six hundred videos came to us of dancers performing Everybody Dance Now. And to see that number of people perform your work and, but also, you know, the locations they were going to, they were wearing their, their favourite, co- you know, choreography costumes, the, the effort that they went to to do it, you know, was just oh, incredible. And that it kind of, that sort of gets you a wee bit, you know, I felt quite emotional that day, you know, you're, we're all trying to go through and comment on everybody's and say, well done. And you think, seeing that number of people embrace something that you've created, you know, that we've been you know, we've been out there dancing that and we've put our stamp on it and created it as a team and made it our own to then see so many people embrace it and, and want to learn it and perform it is is quite incredible.
0: That's wonderful. Brogan, what would you say, if you could sum up what Flings and Things means to you, what would you say?
2: I would probably say, like, getting to perform your childhood hobby. When I was younger, you would have, like, I would have thought that when you get to, like, I would have got to, like, 17, 18 once I stopped competing, that would have probably been it. Whereas we still get to do it more or less day in, day out. Or, do you know what I mean? Like we get to do rehearsals during the week or gigs during the week or we've got something always coming up. So there's always a yeah. reason to catch up. And there is lots of people that's probably got to that age and then they've went off to uni or college or something and then they're just not in the loop anymore. Whereas
1: it's still, like we're still getting to do it. I don't even know how to really... To how to articulate it because it's it's it it mean it means so much and I think that's one of the things that we've seen you know I've seen a lot in the things that we've done through lockdown you know we always whenever we've done a big event I even remember way back to the Glen Eagles one you know in 2014 you know that first big event and somebody sending me a message to say you know their daughter was she was only sort of 16 or 17 she had, she used to compete but had kind of gone away from it I had sort of lost heart a wee bit and you know had really not been loving Highland dancing and she'd come and done that event she said, and she's so buzzing about the whole experience and she's so excited and you've really given her something back that always sort of stayed stayed with me and you know we don't we don't all we would love to be bringing as many dancers as we could into every event we do but you know we don't always get those opportunities but when we do mm. get the chance to bring in other dancers for things like Murrayfield or the Solheim Cup or you know hearing that sort of feedback from people is what really kind of just shows the, the sort of impact that it has. And I don't know that any of us really appreciate it when we're in amongst it doing it, what it, it gives to other people, you know, and doing the, you know, the Everybody Dance Now tutorial and Tartan Week, you know, people say like, what oh, it just, it, it's fun and it's, you know, it's something so different. And some of us, you know, do bits and pieces of teaching, but because we've been so busy and, um, you know, in our own careers and, you know, I personally i have moved around a lot with my job, you know, between Glasgow and Edinburgh and London, and I've not set up a school through flings and things this is their way for us to give something back to show the different sides of Highland and to to bring a bit of joy to people that maybe like Brogan says have gone off to uni and sort of drifted away from it you know it's it mm-hmm. brings them back and in a way that's that's fun without the pressure competition and the stress and it, it's been quite moving actually and like a wee bit emotional in some ways when you get some of that feedback when I think about what we've done together as a group you know and the the places we've been we've we've been so lucky and we're so grateful to you know all of these bands you know whiskey kiss the chili Pipers especially um you know and Douglas and fiona for the opportunities they've given us you know and others like you know dancing with Skippinish, dancing with tidelines you you never think that you're gonna get to do these things as a Highland dancer i it still kind of takes my breath away a wee bit when you sit down and go back through what we've done but Throughout all of it, I think the biggest thing is is kind of friendship. You know, it's 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 kept us together as a group. Those are the best moments. You know, we could be in a scubby field in the middle of nowhere, but you're there with some of your best friends and it, it kind of gets, you know, it doesn't really matter what else is happening in the rest of your life. This has been a sort of constant for us. Um, and hopefully our bodies will hold out for a wee bit longer, but at least... Even at the point we you know where we have to stop dancing, we've kind of created a bit of a legacy that we'll hopefully be able to keep. Yeah. Choreographers, you'll need to keep all your memorabilia for
0: the things and things museum. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you still got that moon book? Because that's going to go in the hall of fame.
2: That still got that moon boot. I, right, well, I'm keeping that just in case I want to get first class on a flight or something.
0: <laughs> I love it. I know it's difficult right now to be like talking about plans for the future and all that but are there any things that you would be happy to, to disclose that you're like, we're, we're always saying, would oh, that be cool if we managed to do that? I mean, I think, there's, I, I don't know what fantastical thing you could dream up because you've done quite a lot and what I would imagine would have been bucket list stuff but is there like one thing you're like, oh that would be cool?
1: I want our own show <laughs> Yes!
2: <laughs> I do, you know, uh, if we could do an actual tour I, th- I would then retire <laughs> There's been times where, like, I think Rachel and I have both said this. If there, there, if there was ever a chance where you gave up, we both got good jobs. There's, I would, I would do it for that because you're not going to get, it's not going to happen again.
1: I know. I quite, I quite fancy pulling a Michael Flatley, just, <laughs> and that's that would. I would say that is, I mean, pipe dreaming. We've, we've kind of joked about it for years, but I mean, you never know. To partner, you know, team of musicians, write an original score and create you know, create a, a, a full show of um, you know, music and dance, but with dance at the heart of it. Um, that would that would be the absolute dream.
0: And the last question that I ask every single
2: person on the podcast is,
0: what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase?
2: Gonna no day that. I'm actually really bad for saying Ken because that's just a five thing. But yeah, gonna no day that see if, if it was work and I've got people under me and they do something that you're like, why would you do that? That's what probably we safe for a laugh.
1: I don't know. I probably just like I'm quite. I don't know. I'm quite bored I should feel like I should know like a really good like you kind know, of. I don't know a Gaelic phrase or like a poetry phrase or phrase or you know, a line from a Burns poem or something that's really like moving and inspiring and emotional. I'm just like mon yourself. Like <laughs> I just, just. I think that's perfect. You would say that. You would. I do say that, don't I? Yeah. So, yeah. Ah, on That's Brilliant.
0: my traditional no Scottish phrase. Just, yeah, a wee appreciation of Scotland and all our traditions, including Highland dance. And that's why I wanted to speak to you both about flings and things. Let me just say again, like I'm totally fine on you, but I think you're doing amazing things, girls. I'm so impressed by you. And I know that when we are all allowed out of our houses and allowed to dance again, that you'll continue to do amazing things. And I'm dead excited to see what you got up to next. That show of your own is is happening. I can see it. <laughs>
1: I don't know, just uh, yeah give us time just need a wee need a, a wee bit of uh, time from away from the day job and a wee grant of some kind <laughs> I hear you I hear you but no thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on the Brawn the Brave I said thanks for having us and putting up with our technology failures <laughs> it's been an absolute joy
0: on your cell girls on your cell
1: <laughs> no, thank you
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the brawn the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests
2: bye for now